Welcome to the weekend wrap up. This is Zoe, the intern here at KLRC. Maybe you're like me and you don't catch everything on the air, but that doesn't mean you have to miss out. I'm sharing highlights from Mark and Christie's morning show, Middays with Isaac and Robert, and The Drive Home with Anson and Kara. Let's see what they've been up to this week. How's it going? I'm good. Good. How about you? I'm doing good. Good day yesterday? I did have a good day yesterday. I I'm, I think I'm a little, um, I don't know, I had a lot of ice cream. Okay. Unintentionally. Okay. Unintentionally. Kind of. Is that possible? I was going to say, how do you unintentionally have ice cream? Well, you know. Because I'm all in, by the have way. Have you ever dealt with peer pressure from 10-year-olds? <laughs> no. Tell me about peer pressure from 10-year-olds. Well, my son, we had a, a little guy. Um, I say little. I mean, they're 10 now, right? Yeah. But, I but guess they're, they're still little to They're you. always little yeah. to me. But he was having a friend over after school, which a lot of times we don't get to do because he has sports stuff after school. Yeah. And so this was kind of a special day, and we're driving home from picking up his buddy and the ice cream place you uh-huh. know is nearby and he sees it and he says out loud hey can we go get ice cream come like, on mom and then i look so back and no his, uh, no predetermined conversation no with conversation you. ahead no. of time so part of me is kind of like why are you bringing this up in front of our guest <laughs> and then his buddy is looking at me smiling <laughs> at and i'm looking point, at both of their faces two 10 year olds have you in the palm yeah. of their head and and i was like yeah yeah <laughs> let's go so you gave in to the peer pressure. I did, and, and then I ate ice cream like it was my job. So okay, all right. Well, at least you made anyway, the best of it. Yeah, and and I just thought I should have an action plan for these moments. Right. You know, I don't know. It's it, the whole peer pressure thing. We were talking about this yesterday. It doesn't go away at junior high. It's still very yeah. like it's crazy how as an adult you can feel peer pressure. Yeah. From ten year olds. Absolutely. It's just one. So we'll talk a little more about peer pressure this morning. Yeah. Because you have. Does that mean I'm weak? If the 10 year old's got me? I don't know that you're weak. Okay. It's Um, okay to be weak. Yeah, it is. I guess. Yeah. But it It is. And it's a tough situation. It's probably one of those learning lessons where you're like, hey, buddy, hey, next time, maybe we could have a little conversation beforehand. Yeah. I was going back and forth in my head like, what? Why is this a big deal? Well, I don't know. It, right. Just go get ice cream. That's the thing. It's and if it's deal. not a big deal, then you're like, hey, I can have some mom points here. Let's have some fun. Yeah. It's a special day. But it definitely was one of those moments of didn't really want to go, but I see their faces and, and I just, I felt 10 year old peer pressure. Yeah. But, you probably don't for it. want it to become a regular thing. Right. Well, <laughs> said with the buddy. inside of me truly wants it to be a regular thing. <laughs> Anyone who has children or babysits or has nieces, nephews, basically anyone who in any capacity takes care of kids knows how easy it is to cave when they have their cute little faces and sparkling eyes. Oh, it's hard. I don't know if it's peer pressure, though, because you're not a peer with your kids, but it is classic cute kid manipulation. But to be fair, it isn't always bad to do things, you know, spur of the moment with the kiddos. Just a matter of balance and boundaries, which do genuinely help fight against peer pressure. Up next is a positive difference story. So something pretty amazing happened over the weekend in Fort Myers, Florida. Like bullseye of where the hurricane hit last week, right? Mm -hmm. Just massive devastation. 
Well, yesterday morning, there were several several dozen seniors who trickled in to a worship service yesterday. They were not going to be undeterred. Even though outside of their church building, there's an overturned Jeep. There are dumpsters that have been blown down, trees that are down. I mean, just power lines that are dangling, just massive devastation. But they were like, nope, we're still going to meet. We're still going to worship. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. Uh, they're the community of Southwest Baptist Church. And uh, they had been taking shelter, a lot of them actually in the church building. They tried to get a lot of people to evacuate. Some couldn't. And this church building happens to be on kind of some of the higher ground in that Fort Myers neighborhood. And so they've been there sleeping in makeshift beds made out of chairs, boiling water out of propane burners, just trying to survive. Wow. Welcoming in people who were just trying to find a place to go stay. They said it's um, Emery Lewis is a 78-year-old. The house was completely destroyed. They said, we're just thankful the pastor let us stay here. Mm. There was a 62-year-old man named Greg who had to leave his one-story home. He was trying to drive in a pickup truck. The water started filling up, got into the bed of his pickup truck, was actually from there able to spot a woman who was struggling in the current and reached out and pulled her into the bed of the pickup truck until somebody was able to come rescue them. Oh, my So they've been through so much. Wow. But on Sunday morning... They decided they were going to meet. They couldn't even meet inside the church building because there was so much just wet and damage and all of that. But they were like, we're still going to gather. So they set up outside and had their own little church service under the Florida sun. Uh, The pastor, their assistant pastor, Stephen Kaysen, says, I believe it's no small coincidence that my guitar and my Bible stayed dry in the middle of all this. Mm. So they pulled it out. They had communion. They sang some songs, including count your blessings. Mm. Oh, man. Wow. Unbelievable. I love that. Hurricane Ian was truly devastating, but even in the storms, God is still with us. I think that's a powerful image right there. God can calm storms, and he does, but sometimes he doesn't. And that doesn't mean he's abandoned us, and that doesn't mean we abandon him. I think it's incredible that this church remained faithful to God through the storm, a testimony for us to witness and hopefully inspire us to action in helping those who are still struggling with the aftermath. We've talked a lot about Convoy of Hope, but we know they're a great place to start if you are looking to get involved. Now Mark was gone for some of last week and Isaac took his place beside Christy. Here they are from Thursday morning. I see you. I am here. (laughs) Okay, so... Christy, I love this story. So Mm -hmm. for centuries, African Bushmen have greeted each other in this way. When one becomes aware of his brother or sister coming out of the brush, he he exclaims, I see you. And then the approaching person rejoices, I am here. Mm -hmm. I love this, specifically because it touches on two things that I think are so vital and crucial to the human experience. Mm-hmm. We need to be seen, mm-hmm. right? And we need to be feel seen and feel comfortable to announce ourselves. I am here. Right. Right? Yeah. I love this image of the literal wilderness where <laughs> maybe you're walking, you can be lonely, you can be sort of maybe watching out for predators or dangers and through the brush, hear some rustling. Mm-hmm. It's your friend. Mm-hmm. I see you. Your yeah. friend. I 
it's kind of like this verbal embrace, mm-hmm. right? You do it yeah. from a distance. I you, love it. They yell this thing. If you look at the footage from, you know, documentation and through documentaries and stuff, this is not like a quiet, I see you, <laughs> or a, I'm here. In fact, that would be kind of scary. <laughs> it would be, <laughs> this is an exclamation. And thinking about how this works in our spiritual lives, there are people that we have in our circles that it would be so refreshing to say, I see you. Mm-hmm. And it would be doubly refreshing for them to go, I'm here. They mm-hmm. feel comfortable enough to be seen, heard, and felt. And I'm just thinking about that today and how we can bless each other and bless ourselves to know, find your people that you're comfortable with, you know, mm-hmm. find that community, find some place where you can be seen. Mm-hmm. Well, and it reminds me of our God, how, you know, deep within all of us, we want to be seen, mm. fully seen and fully known. Yeah. And there's no one that sees us and knows us like the Lord. Right. I mean, he intricately knitted us together in our mother's womb. He, he knows our thoughts, our feelings, our needs, our fears, our wants, our desires, our hurts, our pain, all of it. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a good reminder there that he does see us. Right. And, and we can rest in that and right. know, and, and that brings peace to my own heart. And, and if there is something where we feel like he's not seeing us, don't believe that lie. That's mm. a lie. And if you're going through a hard time, um, there's purpose in it. There's right. always, always, always purpose in it. And just know that he is seeing you through that pain because right. he's going to use it if you'll let him to right. glorify him. And I think that's just something really important that we should, uh, focus on. And then again, like you're saying, also be reminded that God uses us as vessels mm-hmm. in other people's lives. And so he can use you to let others know too, that God sees them. So make sure that, that if you're around somebody and they don't feel seen, just say, Hey, God sees you. And I see you too. True story. I was actually listening to KLRC on my way to work that Thursday morning when I heard this story from Isaac, for some reason, it just really struck a chord with me. So much of human experience is searching for meaning, for validation, and to be loved. And we need that from other humans as God intended. He made us to be in community with each other. But God also sees us, validates us, and gives us meaning. And on the flip side too, when we see God in our lives, when we finally shout out to Him, I see you, He tells us, I am here. I am is one of God's names. God is here. God does see you. And I just think that's incredible how innate a human desire that is to call out those words to one another because God put that inside of us. Isaac is full of great stories and sharing insightful wisdom. Here's a more practical life hack from Isaac. You can do everything you can to not get sick, wash your hands, get all your booster shots, mask up. But chances are, sooner or later, with flu season and the cold season coming around, a lot of us are going to get sick at some point. That's why a lot of people have said, you know what, when the fall season comes around, it's a good idea to stock up on some things you would need when you're sick, when you're not sick. We can actually go to the store when you're not feeling bad. So every autumn, people said on the internet, they begin to fill a little tote with non-perishable foods when they get sick. Things like instant soup and noodles, crackers, Gatorade, Jello, applesauce things that you can enjoy. And this is actually something from the internet that I really think is smart and is causing me to consider creating a little sick kit for when I inevitably get the sniffles this fall and this winter. I think this is cool. And it's a reason to go to the store and buy more instant noodles, which I'm always glad for. So there's your tip for the day. Stock up on some things that you might need when you're sick before you get sick. I know, crazy, right? 
we're doing this adult thing correctly. I get sick quite often, so this needs to be something I do on a regular basis. Get some cans of soup and some crackers, always have them on hand. Another thing I appreciate when I am sick is real tissues, like actual, you know, Kleenex. Those are way better than any substitute like paper towels. Oh no. So if you're putting together a sick kit, I'd recommend getting some tissues. Here's more from Isaac. So thrifting and going to Goodwill is one of my favorite things to do when I'm looking to kill some time or just need something to do with a friend or my wife. Goodwill is one of my favorite places to do that. But now online thrifting might just be the new way to do it right from your couch. Goodwill is launching Goodwill Finds, a new shopping venture that takes roughly 100,000 donated items, puts them available for purchase online, expanding Goodwill's internet presence that until now had been limited to auction sites like Shop Goodwill or various stores sort of reselling them on Amazon and eBay. So Goodwill gets their official website up and going to sell donated items directly. I think this is cool, but I also feel like I don't know. It takes away part of that Goodwill shopping experience, the kind of funky smell from all of the different types of just stuff in the store, and it eliminates some of the more random items. I found like a little gnome doorstopper that I love from a Goodwill, and I don't know that they would have that on the internet, right? You, I don't know. I could see doing this just if you're bored at work or something, but I don't know if that fully re replaces the experience for me. I might do both from now on. Yeah, I'm going to do both. <laughs> I also love thrifting, but I'm going to be honest here, Isaac, I am not a fan of Goodwill. Not to start some controversy or big uproar, but that's just how I feel. Not my favorite place to thrift, but thrifting is a good thing to do. So if you like Goodwill, no judgment here. I do think there are some incredible small businesses and local thrift stores in the area that are really cool, and that's typically where I thrift. Sure, they don't have that online option, but we spent like two years cooped up inside thanks to the pandemic. So I'm going to get out of the house and it's nice supporting your local businesses. But at the end of the day, thrifting keeps clothing and other items out of landfills and gives them a new home. So whether it's online or in a store, win-win in my opinion. Up next is Robert. So what are you going to do with all those pumpkins? My name's Robert on 90.9 KLRC, and after a while, your arm gets tired. You don't want to have to carve them all, right? Well, I was just reading a story about something else you can do decorating with those pumpkins. It's called the thankful pumpkin. And you just get your family together. You talk about things you're thankful for, grab a permanent marker, and you write on that pumpkin and fill it up with all kinds of things that you're thankful for. And it's something that you can read for at least another month or so. That's actually a really wholesome idea. I love it. The thankful pumpkin. Way less messy, less knives. Sounds safer if you have some little ones. True story, one year the family I nannied for had a pumpkin on their front porch and it froze. This was when I was living in Minnesota, of course, and the frozen pumpkin was actually preserved. So a little later when the mom was going to throw it out, I stopped to check it out and realized it could be salvaged. Me and the kiddo I nannied broke into that pumpkin and we roasted it. Turned the seeds into pumpkin seeds, you know, roasted snack, you know. And the pumpkin goo was turned into a homemade pumpkin pie. All that to say, there's a lot of things you can do with a pumpkin besides decoration. Here's Robert with a tip for conflict resolution. 
Hey, my name's Robert, and solving conflicts, yeah, that is something that we all can learn how to do, maybe even a little better than what we do right now. And I was reading a devotional where the author was sharing that forgiveness is always going to be the key to solving conflicts. And so he references Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, and it says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Conflict resolution can be such a messy thing sometimes, but it's also kind of funny how the trickiest problems can have a simple solution. I don't think all conflict has an easy answer, but I do think sometimes the reason why it's so hard is because of our pride, not being willing to either ask for forgiveness or to forgive the person. So thanks for sharing that, Robert. A nice little reminder. Up next is Anson and Kara. It's one of those sometimes frustrating facts of life that in order to get good at something, you have to practice it. Mm, that's My true. kids and I have been having this conversation a fair bit <laughs> over the last couple of years because they're always interested in trying a new activity, yeah. you know, playing a sport or learning how to play an instrument. Right. But then we get into it and they realize, oh, <laughs> this doesn't just magically happen. This part isn't fun. You don't just magically become a good pianist or no. soccer player. You have to go to practice uh-huh. and you have to do it again and again and again. And again. And it's a lot of work, right? It's true. Well, then the other day I was having a different type of conversation with my kids. <laughs> we were at home and they were getting into a little bit of a tussle with each other. Yes. Not getting along very well. <laughs> and I found myself saying the words, we really need to practice being more kind to one another. Oh. And then I saw a quote from a friend uh, yesterday. I was talking about a pastor who said this to his congregation during the children's sermon. We have to practice not being mean to each other. Oh. And at that point, that word practice really started to jump out to me. Yeah. And I realized that we do have to practice kindness. Mm. We have to practice not being mean to each other. Yeah. And that doesn't just go for kids. I think it goes for adults too. Oh, yeah. But sometimes over the last couple of years, I've looked around at our culture and kind of gone, man, where did kindness go? Why do we treat each other so meanly sometimes? Right, right. And I realized kindness is a thing that we all have to practice. Yeah. Myself included. It's not necessarily something that comes naturally. Yeah. I've heard that being a parent and seeing your kids, the way they act, the way they grow up, you learn a lot about God and the way that he sees us, you know, his kids. And like kids, we all need to practice kindness better. But God still loves us, and his love is the ultimate kindness, a love we don't deserve. Here's Anson and Kara with something more controversial. All right, so we all know that the internet is home to arguments and debates pretty much constantly. Uh, yes. But I gotta tell you, Kara, every once in a while, I run into a debate or an argument online that I didn't even know was a debate <laughs> or an argument. Oh, boy. I'm just surprised by the fact that it even exists. Right? And this one got me because this is something I honestly have never even thought about. Okay, here we go. But it is kind of interesting once you start to think about it. Uh-huh. So the newest internet debate is, what is the proper order for putting on your socks and shoes? <laughs> Let me explain. Okay. Okay. Do you go sock, sock, shoe, Uh tie the shoe, other shoe, tie the shoe? Okay. Are you following me? Yeah, I'm following. Or do you do sock, sock, shoe, shoe, then tie both? Oh. And then there are a few crazy people who... even diverge from there. Wow. But crazy. those are apparently the two most popular ones. Okay. So which one do you do? Well, I've literally never thought about this before, but thinking back to this morning, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I do sock, sock, 
But I, I do that like long before I put my shoes on. I just yeah, put socks sure, on. So I'm sure. like, okay, we've got the socks down. Yeah, yeah. But then I'm pretty sure I just do like, yeah, one shoe tie it, other shoe tie it. Okay. Yeah. Well, I've never thought about this before either. Yeah. But now that I have, I'm absolutely 100% positive that you are right. Okay, good. And that the other way is wrong. <laughs> so congratulations okay. on being on the right side. Thank you. I also didn't know that this was a real debate out in the universe, but now it's going to have to be a KLRC office debate, I guess, because Kara and Anson are just wrong. I do sock, sock, shoe, shoe, then tie the shoes. Unlike a maniac, right? Or you can be smart like me and have soft sneakers that don't require constant untying or even better life hack right here, boots with zippers. That's the ultimate hack right there. Skip the tying. Thank you so much for listening to this week's wrap up. Join me next week as we catch up on things you might have missed during the week. Until then, have a great weekend.